This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to Jigmasters.com and use promo code PNF20 and save 20% off your next jig order today. This is the Chasing the Tide Saltwater segment on the Palin Fin Network. I'm your host, Dustin Nichols. Come along for the saltwater shenanigans. Hey, what's up, everybody? Back again with another segment of Chasing the Tide Saltwater Shenanigans episode here. We're gonna we're gonna get going on uh on this episode here. We got somebody joining us from from the great state of Louisiana today. Uh, I want to take the time and welcome uh, Brock Miller to the show today. What's going on, man? Nothing much. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, dude. Stoked, man. Stoked for you. You had some, you had some big things going on. We're going to get into that here in a little later, but uh, what we like to do at the beginning of the show is uh, let everybody know something a little bit about you. You know, tell everybody about yourself, what's your name, where you're from, what you got going on right now in your life, and, 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 and that kind of stuff. Yeah, so uh, I'm from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, wish I was a little bit closer to the salt, but that's kind of the card I've been dealt right now. Um, but I, I've been fishing since I could walk. Um, I mean, literally two and three years old, I was casting and got a bait caster when I was like five or six and then just took off from there. Um, started kayak fishing probably, I think, eight years ago. Um, just started in a cheap Academy $250 kayak that I bought with my own money and um i started bass fishing in that and then once my dad got a got a kayak maybe like six months later we started going to the salt um and then really started going to the golden meadow area and kind of learning that stuff and remember catching my first redfish and sight fishing my first red so that's kind of where it took off 
Um, I won a, a big event in, in 2016, ride the bull, and then that event was kind of like the thing that propelled me in, into the industry and was able to get my name out and then start working with some companies. So uh, since then, it's been it's been crazy. I mean, got got some great opportunities and started kind of figuring out the tournament game and kind of kind of building off of that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And then you're a full time student at LSU. Yep, full time student. I uh, have a, yeah. a work with my dad's landscape drive, and then I've just started a, a company myself. So I've got yeah, no free yeah. time in the schedule right now. Right. right. Oh, hey, that's uh, keep you busy, keep you on your toes. That's it. Keeps me <laughs> out of trouble. Good. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um. So you started like most of us with a, uh, you know, big box store academy, mm-hmm. a little perception or pescador or or one right. of those. Those little boats, that's kind of what I started in the same way, a little perception, and just kind of move forward from there. And then once you, uh, you know, I'd always been more saltwater side and then, then, um, really started seeing all these events. Oh, there's bass tournaments too. You know, that's what I've always said is like, man, it just kind of just went tenfold when you said, oh man, you can, I can fish the saltwater stuff and the bass stuff. It was just like, yeah. Wow, my, my schedule is going to really go to crap now. <laughs> exactly. I tell people all the time, like, there's no boat you can buy that you can fish in six inches of water and then go offshore and, and fish fish in deep water with. So it's like exactly. having the best best of all worlds. Best of it. Yeah, it is. Man, it's it's good. So so you let's go back to uh, talk a little bit about the riding the bull. Some people, you know, we get some listeners that might not be familiar with that. So, um you want to you want to touch on that a little bit? What, what event was that all about? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I want to say, well, this year got canceled, but I, yeah. I want to say it would have been the tenth or eleventh year. Um, basically, it takes place in Grand Isle um, out of Bridgeside Marina, and it's it's more of a I don't know. It's kind of like Woodstock for uh, for kayak fishing. Kind of like a, not, what they call a, a boondoggle. <laughs> right, yeah, it, it's not serious. I mean, everybody goes out into the past, and you're—I mean, you can literally talk to people the entire day. Everybody's kind of close, close to each other. Um, and I mean, you just fish for the biggest bull red you can. We go right in Commonado Pass, and I mean, we've had years where the, there's chase boats that come around to pick up your fish, so you never even have to leave your spot. Yes. Um, and we've had years where they're just—it's like a revolving door of, of boats going in and out, bringing in fish. So. Um, I, I ended up catching like a 34 and a half pound uh, red back in 2016 at, at like 9:30 in the morning, um, and it, it held up all day, uh, roughly. And and uh, I mean, it, like I said, everything's just kind of run from there. I met with with a couple of companies and uh, started with Dwayne Wiley and and did a bunch of stuff with him over the years. Um, so it's it's been that that like I said, that kind of propelled me into the industry and helped me get my name out. Yeah, that's a pretty pretty big event too. There's upwards of over 500 kayaks all at once. Yeah, I think uh, so. The year I won was right after the big flood in Louisiana, so it was kind of a a lower participation event. I think it was like 450, which is still a crazy number. Uh, But Mm -hmm. they had over like 730 or 750 in it before. Yeah, yeah, it's been pretty big. I know the year before last, you know, high 600s definitely. Yeah. Um, so what, would I take that as your favorite species to target would be redfish then? <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely redfish. Um, <laughs> definitely. Now, now, did you throw bait at that particular ride the bull, or were you uh, uh, throwing 
on big uh, crankbaits, uh, ripping uh, lipless or, or big grubs, or were you um, throwing baits? So, I, honestly, I hadn't really – I was in, still in a paddle kayak, so that was like the only time I'd ever fish big water for those big reds. Yeah. Is, yeah. So I'd go out and anchor up, and I had uh, – we picked up some live crabs, and I, mm-hmm. I didn't know of anybody that was fishing with live crabs, and my dad was like, oh, we should just throw them in the ice chest and kill them. And I was like, no, keep them alive. So we kept them alive. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I was fishing with a crab that was probably like that big. Um, and just Carolina was on the bottom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I have the video. It, like, spun me around and took off, and I fought it and got it in the boat. But since then, I've kind of branched out into artificials, and that's that's really the only way I target them now. Um, yeah. It's big big rattle traps. So you can see some of them behind me that have just been destroyed over the past few trips. Yeah. But, Jigging big rattle traps and big grubs and gulp and using the electronics. That's the way I like to do it now. Yeah, for for the big for the bulls. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And once they start moving through the passes, but but the the sight fishing aspect of it, where where you can drive, where you are able to drive down yeah. to those areas, uh, uh, you know, south of Baton Rouge, and, and really get into some of that technical side of it on 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 the flats and the the bayous and marsh and really yeah. To yeah. get the sight cast, and that, that's what drew me into that was just the <laughs> pursuit of them. And, and uh, you know, they're not always easy to catch. They, no, I mean, there's no. there's some dumb, they're, they're some really dumb fish, <laughs> but uh, there's times that it's quite finicky, and I can attest yeah. to that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sight fishing and top water is probably my favorite favorite oh. way to target them. I mean, I, I like fishing the deep water, but sight fishing and top water is so visual. I mean, you see the fish the whole time, and you can see it react to them. Um, so I, I, I'd say that'd probably be my favorite way to go for them. I throw a top water year round. Oh yeah, same. I throw <laughs> even, 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 year even round. for trout, even for yeah. trout. Yeah. You got I mean, you got you got a, a bright sunny day and a lower tide, and there's some exposed shell and mud, and it's heating that up, and then that tide fills back in over it. You know, the water could have been in the mid fifties, but you know, them trout will move up on that stuff and start feeding. And they will, they'll yeah. they'll slurp the top water. They might not explode on it like in the you know when it's up around 70, 75, 80, but they'll sure come up and get it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people especially in the, in the cooler months. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. a lot of people won't go out in the winter, but I mean, I've had some warm winter days where it's just insane fish jumping out the water and backs and tailing and stuff. Yeah, I, I, I like it. The uglier the better. Pressure that time of year too. Yeah, the uglier the better. It, yeah, <laughs> you know, mid forties, upper forties with mist and rain, and and I'll put my rain gear on and I'll be on the kayak back there chasing. Yeah. Big trout time, that's for sure. Yep. Oh yeah. Definitely. Definitely. So you 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 definitely like to to sight cast and everything. You, you spoke about top water. What is your favorite? What's your favorite walking bait you're using right now? Share with some of the viewers out there. Listen. I skitter walk. I throw a skitter walk ninety percent of the time when I'm throwing top water. Um, my favorite's probably the silver mullet, and I throw the big skitter walk, not the the smaller one. I mean. I have some setups that I can throw that thing 60 yards and just cover water like crazy. Um, so I, I like the bigger skitter walks, and I will I change out the hooks on them and put um, KVD um, size twos on there. Uh, just something a little bit yeah, sharper. The, 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 yeah, yeah, triple grips. Um, and yeah. then uh, honestly, I, I'll normally start out with that, and if I have fish come up and like swipe at it, or, or like some of the times it seems like they're just hitting it with their tail. Um, I'll yeah. change colors. I can normally I'll start out with the bright and shiny mullet one, and then I'll I'll go to either a darker one or like a natural colored one, um, just to see what the fish are doing. And if they still won't cooperate with that, I'll do like a little little spook or something like that. 
Yeah. No spook junior. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm on the, yeah, I'm on the, I throw a one knocker a lot. I like the tone of that one. Uh, I can make it dance pretty good, but you know, I always have a, I have a rod with a smaller little, you know, either the smaller, um, skitter walk or the skitter walk V. It's got a little different. Yeah. Pushes, pushes water a little differently, yeah. has a little bit higher pitch on. So sometimes yeah. some fish will react differently to, to those baits too. Yeah. You know, I which is cool, which is a lot of. Low. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> we just blew it out the door. Uh, hey, the big one. The big one is being yeah. muddy. And, I, know, uh, I have and, a couple of those. And white flash color. And then they're, uh, it's like a gold with a black back. It's been, been yeah. real good on, on some of the, the, the bigger, the upper slot fish over here that have been, yeah. been chasing, chasing it. There is just nothing else like a fish wake up behind it. The top water in like less than a foot of water. When you kind of see them up in the grass, you see them pushing shrimp and you're, yeah. you know, a pair parallel to the grass and you work that bait out there trying to draw them out i mean right. I'll, I'll throw frogs in there after i got some bone colored frogs with orange mm-hmm. bellies that they really like um or weedless fluke or you know I, I do some different stuff when they're deep in the grass on these higher tides we've, we've had some real high tides this year with all the storms yeah, we've had in the sure. and everything we had some, some you know foot two foot higher than normal stuff going on um but you know fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. That good old trusty uh, popping cork and a and a shrimp imitation on the jig it, it, on wind blowing shorelines you know you can't really beat that if it, 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 as a search bait to to really find a fish if, it, if it's windy and you're not seeing activity or anything just pounding banks man that's what i yeah. do sometimes that's, sometimes you I, have to you know I, I don't throw it around when i'm front fishing but you can bet in a tournament if, <laughs> worst case scenario I'll, I'll chuck that around and, and at least try to find some fish or i mean it, it's kind of a something to have in your back pocket if you really need it oh yeah yeah and i, I got my tournament partner he throws weight baits a lot it does mm. really well um and i do throw them but it's like they're not all high up on my confidence list, you know. Yeah. I, I like them. I like to throw them. I do. But I'd much rather, rather walk in the top water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I fished them, and I, honestly, I like um, Rattle Trap makes a floating rattle trap, which is really good. And it's good in grass, too, because like a, a squirrel yes. bill wake bait, it'll catch a lot of grass on, on the bill. Um, but yes. a floating rattle trap, you can just rip it through that stuff. Yeah, rip through just like if it's too high. Yeah. It's kind of like I did not know they made a floating. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like you got to throw it on spinning, or you can throw it on a casting and just not throw it as far. But I mean, it's it's a really good little bait for heads. Yeah, most of the time on them grass lines, you're kind of close combat, anyways. You know, Mm -hmm. when you're kind of along the grass, pitching along and stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's the cool thing about the kayak is that stealthiness of it. You know, you can get in and get close to those fish, and I mean, there's many a times where the fish are just swimming. You know, right. Yeah beside you and don't even know you're there and they're like Whoa. yeah that's, that's my favorite way to scout like this past weekend i went out on friday and and just i mean i caught some trout and then i went it went up in the marsh and just paddled around and like i, I didn't even have a ride with me i was just videoing them and, and watching the fish and seeing what they were doing so i i, 
honestly, I would go out on a normal day and do that and just watch them and, and see kind of how they're reacting to everything. Yes, definitely. And that's the thing about some of these tournaments we fished. You know, they have more time to launch in the morning before the line's in. So if you can get back to the water, get back in, in position and just sit and listen, Listen, sometimes you know what them fish are doing when you start yeah. hearing them slurp. It sounds like a toilet bowl flushing sometimes, yeah. you know, when, yeah. swoosh, when you hear it blowing up on bait and then popping and slurping and yeah. slip up in the grass, you know. And that's yeah. what this time of year is it's prime picking, you know. It's just like it's just yeah. it was been stupid since uh the end of September over here, right? I was uh, probably out for a tournament in, in a dark earlier this year and it, the water temp dropped like 10 degrees overnight and I was like oh this is going to be terrible like they're not going to eat and, and I was pedaling and then I passed a little cut and it sounded like a pumpkin hit the water next to my kayak eating and I was like alright that, that sounds like they're going to eat today so, so that I changed, <laughs> changed the whole game plan for the day and it, it was on after that yeah oh definitely sometimes though, the, the, the weather changes the, the barometric pressure um, shifts around, you know, it just all plays in sometimes, and that's what, you know, really boils down, down to time spent on the water, you know. Yeah, and just reacting to the changes. Yep, yep, being able to roll with the punches, because yeah. it can get real frustrating. <laughs> it can, yeah. especially on tournament day, and you're, you know, you got one good fish, and you're like, man, where's that second fish at? Where's that second fish? You keep catching unders and unders. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know I know some guys. You know, yeah, it can weigh on. Yeah, I know some guys, they like a set plan on what they're going to do throughout the day. And they're like, I'm going here and I'm throwing this. And I'm like, dude, I just go out there, I look at the water, and I fish what I'm confident in. I mean, if you're too locked in on one thing, you're going to miss miss a little blow up or miss a change, and then it, that'll throw your whole day off. Yep, sure will. Mental aspect does play a huge part in it, for sure. So, any tips? I know you said you've been been going a little while. You got any? You got any uh, do's and don'ts for uh, some some newbies starting out out there? <laughs> um, kind of going off off of what we were just saying, like don't overcomplicate things. I mean, it it's simple, especially redfish. Like we were talking about earlier, they are dumb. <laughs> I mean, they they'll eat anything. They'll let you spook them, and you can still catch them. So just don't overcomplicate what you're throwing. I mean, I see people throwing all kinds of wild rigs. I mean, keep it simple. Like you said, pop and cork, and if you're confident in top water, I mean, throw that and just kind of let the fish tell you what they're doing. Don't be too too simple-minded on, on one thing. Just be open-minded to everything and, and kind of roll yeah. with the punches. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then another thing I was For thinking sure about. That. Yeah, yeah, another thing I was thinking about, like, with the newer guys is um, just kind of, it's it's pretty intimidating, especially with the tournaments. Like when you go in and uh, you see all these guys that you see on the leaderboard all the time and you want to kind of do what they're doing. And some guys will like kind of follow people and, and kind of pick off of what they're doing. And like, I honestly just kind of do your own thing starting out and kind of let, let them notice you and, and kind of learn, learn from a distance, but don't, don't kind of yeah. intrude on everything. And once yeah. you kind of learn, get learn, learn there, from the background. Yeah. Yeah. Once you kind of, get your name out there and and people start to notice you then you can kind of kind of work with those those guys and and i mean everybody's willing to help out it just you, you got to kind of do it the right way i, I guess yes. i should say yeah, you can't just barge in on it <laughs> yeah yeah that normally gets <laughs> don't, you don't go well yeah yeah you don't want to do that all right uh 
normally do this every episode. It's called Pick Three. Um, you got three setups. You know, bait casting spinning can be either one. So you got three you can take in the morning tomorrow. What are they going to have on it? And what type of setup are they going to be? Uh, I'm normally all spinning, uh, just cause I like the casting distance out of them. I'm a huge fan of St. Croix rides. I don't, I don't work with them, but I've just, I've had them for a while and, and I love their stuff. Um, but I like the, the Avid inshore series. Um, and as far as I do two spinning and then one, one casting, as far as the two spinning, uh, it'd be two top waters. I'd throw a skitter walk and a spook junior, like we were saying. I'd start with a skitter walk, and if I'm not getting the right reaction, I'd throw the spook junior, and I would stick with that all day. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, if it was a redfish-specific trip, I'd normally have something to, to pitch at a fish that I see because I don't always want to throw a top water at a, at a tailing fish. Um, and it would be a casting setup with, like, a crawl or a bugs jig. I'm sure you all are familiar with the bugs. Yes. Uh, Heath over there in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, just, uh, I like a, a casting because I can operate it with one hand. So meaning I can have my paddle in one hand and cast, flip, yep. engage the reel and set the hook with one arm. So, um, just keeps everything simple and quick and you lose, lose less fish normally than having to flip the bale and, and do everything with two hands. Yeah. I noticed you said a crawl. That's a mm-hmm. crawl yeah. fish imitation. A lot of people over here in Texas aren't, aren't keen on that. <laughs> and being from the bass side of things, it's always been in my arsenal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, don't, and, it, I don't. And it's one not to sleep on, especially on a on a on a lazy man hook or a gambler does it hook with a right, little yeah. extra flash from that willow blade. You don't sleep on them. Yeah, I mean, I, people <laughs> always ask me like, what What are you sight fishing with? And I've got a gallon bag of uh, crawfish. It's probably got two hundred crawfish in it. And they're like, <laughs> what color are you throwing? I reach in there and pick out the first one. I'm like, this is the one I'm throwing. I mean. I don't, I don't think they, they def, I don't think they correlate it with being a crawfish. It could be a crab or a shrimp. I mean, yep. normally when I sight fish, the way that I, I see the fish and like, especially if I'm front fishing, I throw it right in front of his nose and buzz it over his head. And if he yep. reacts to it, I'll catch him. If he doesn't, I'll throw it in front of him again and then just drag it across. So. Drag it across the top. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, that's what I think. I, I think when, when you buzz them, Slow along the bottom, they do kind of look like a scurrying crab. They definitely do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and and it's, there's vibration and movement. It's a little bigger yeah. profile. Yeah, it, it all goes they, back. You to, know. Yeah, it all goes back to not overthinking it. I mean, it, it's a redfish. Right. If he's hungry. He's gonna eat. You tap in front of him and he'll eat it. So, I mean, yeah. just, I've, I've said it on other episodes. I've I've rigged up a marshmallow with a piece <laughs> of wire through it and tied a, yeah. a treble hook on it and popped it on the. Yeah. I mean, we've got them on bear hooks. Oh, I need to get that Everything. one. Yeah, bear hooks. Yep. <laughs> Jalapenos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're pretty dumb sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> they are. We give them too much credit, I think. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, definitely. So when um when it all started out, you said you, you entered the uh, the ride, the bull. What what led you up to entering that? You know, what all got started for you to say, hey, I'm going to start fishing kayak uh, tournaments out of these plastic boats? Um, I mean, I think I fished Ride the Bull the first year that I was in a kayak, and I, I fished it for like six or seven years in a row, um, but I didn't really fish any other tournaments besides that. Like, we'd go down and hang out and fish Ride the Bull and meet meet new guys and stuff, but I never really fished the, the slam tournaments or the trickly slot red tournaments or anything like that um, until yeah. probably four years ago, maybe. 
Um, and that's when I got into mainly because that's when I first got a pedal drive and was able to compete against all these other guys. Um, but until then, I mean, I, I really just fish ride the bull and then then fun fish for for the rest. Fun rest fish of the year. a lot, yeah. See, yeah. we we have quite a few trails over here that are actually allowing motors. Really, like uh, like quite a few of our redfish trails have are allowing electric motors now. Yeah. Started this past year. Um the Lone Star Kayak series was one. Um Saltwater Angler Redfish series and then uh Saltwater Survival Series. Which that tournament started out as a uh as a everybody got the same box of lures kind of deal. So you had to be there for the camps meeting the night before. <laughs> and they yeah. had three events. They had a flounder event, a redfish event, and a trout event. Um it is a really cool event and then but I, I was you know being from Fishing the bass side of things too. KBF was kind of the first to really dive into the motor side of things, mm-hmm. you know, and it was just uh kind of evolution, I guess. You know, they're just yeah. everything. Everything's going. You know, I still love the paddle. I do, but yeah. but I was. I, I think that's the way. Kind of, I was kind of stoked on some of these events. Let the motor motors come out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't have a yeah. problem with it. I mean, it, if you want to use a motor to get to your spot, go ahead. Um, but normally when we fish, we'll use a pedal drive anyway to be quiet. So I think right. treat the motor like an outboard and then your, your pedal drive is like a trolling yes. motor. So yeah, that's it. That, that's kind of the way I see it. And I don't Definitely. have a problem with it. Well, the only I, thing about that is you don't want to get in a hurry when you're trying to get back, especially if you're dragging the redfish on the stringer. Cause yeah. our red, our tournaments over here, you're a live way in. Really? Our, yeah. Our we don't, we don't have any of those. No. Yeah. We bring the fish back to a few of the trails and. And actually get a half pound bonus if the fish is alive. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. All of our, some of ours are CPR and then we did a lot of CPR this past year because of COVID. Yeah. Um, yeah. but a lot of them are, are way in and, and, uh, stuff like that. So we'll, we'll bring them in on an ice, in an ice chest. Right. Which I would, I mean, that's fine with me because I'm going to put them on a half shell and eat them anyway. Yeah. Of yeah. That's the, the Louisiana. Well, I do, I do a lot of catch and release, but, but yeah. Yeah. That's the Louisiana. Yeah, we don't have quite, quite the limit. We don't have quite the, quite the limit as y'all yeah. do over there, but. Yeah, I'm not a huge but, uh, fan of that. I mean, it's not but, a problem. It's not a problem to go out. It's not a problem to go out here and catch three easily. Yeah. It's not a problem to go out and catch ten easily. <laughs> yeah. It, it's our areas. I mean, so you got definitely, uh, they definitely push Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I love to eat them, though. I do. I definitely do. That's yeah. good on the. Agree. <laughs> yeah, take, uh, so take what you need and leave the rest. I mean, I, yeah. I catch and release a lot, but we'll, we'll keep keep redfish and trout, speckled trout. So I don't have a problem with. Yeah, that. I'll keep my smaller trout. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty good initiative they had. Uh, I know uh, I Strike uh, has a deal going uh, the release. Yeah, it's release over twenty. Over 20. Uh, yeah, yes, and kind of being and playing into that one, and then you know that those big trout are uh, the ones that uh, produce the bulk of the. The fry, you know, so yeah. keep that fish safe and, and sound. And the way it's grown over the years here, we had a we had a slot limit imposed a couple years back for the mid code. You can only have one fish over 25 per year five stringer because it was it used to be 10. And then on the north coast, it was 10, and, and it wasn't really a limit on them. They're, they're just bigger. They they went to five up on the upper coast now also, and um, then they have the uh, 15 to 25 inch slot. You can only have uh, one fish over. 25 inches on which yeah. it's cool because we've we've saw the quality of trout definitely go up and it's a testament to to uh, the conservation side of things and, and uh, the management of fisheries 
which is yeah, great. I, I wish I wish Louisiana would do something. Well, like that. Yeah, I, I think their numbers are getting looked into. Yeah, you know, but how there, can there's you, been you talks know, about it, sure. but it, like I said, that, that meat hall mentality. It, it's a shame, but I don't I don't think it's going anywhere, unfortunately. Yeah. Yep. So. Just have to wait, see, you know, right person gets in the, the right position. It, yeah. it, can, it can happen. You know, there's a lot of fuss that complaining. Same with our flounder um, industry over here, uh, the flounder mm-hmm. side of things, flounder fishery. Is, and, you know, we're having some stuff with that, you know, going to effect next year. You know, you can only catch them by rod and reel right now. You only keep two, no gigging this month. Um, but they're everywhere. I haven't caught. Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. I've never caught as much flounder as I have the past few really? months. Really? We've seen, we've seen a, a good good return in the numbers in the past year. I mean, the, the slam tournaments are the biggest testament to that because – like two years ago, I remember fishing Paddlepalooza, which is a Bayou Coast tournament, and it's yes. like if you caught a flounder, you were you were going to go home with like a thousand dollars plus. Um, but this uh, last year, I think we weigh weighed in like thirty or forty flounder. I mean, it it actually took took um, yeah. Took a, yeah. We, we've seen a good good increase in flounder over here. And for for everybody don't know that, uh, I've had uh, some of the guys. Bayou Coast Kayak Club on, on before. Um, it's one of the oldest uh, kayak fishing clubs there is. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Um, I know you just had a big uh, deal going on, so you want to let everybody know what, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a pretty good season uh, with the Bayou Coast yep. tournaments, at least. Uh was was happy to take home Angler of the Year for our events and uh, basically, it's your your uh, top five, top four scores out of five events throughout the year. Um, we will have one in in January, which is minimalist challenge, which we can touch on that. Um, and we have a trout challenge, which is trout specific tournament, um, a bass and redfish tournament, which is unique to our area because we got the brackish water and we can actually do a tournament like that. Um, and then a redfish specific one, and then our championship. Um, so I've, I had a, had a good, really a good second half to the year, um, was able to win a couple of events and then place well in the championship. So it was, it was a really good yeah, year. Yeah. I, I like those, uh, redfish, greenfish event, you know, the bass redfish combination. Yeah. I could see us doing one like that over on the Sabine river. Uh, yeah, that, sure. that, that's, a, uh, you know, I, I fished a bass tournament over there and was catching, you know, 26, 27 inch redfish. Right. Yeah. You know, on, on a, on a uh, you know crawl invitation pitching by stuff that I should have been catching bass on. But yeah, that's uh I like those tournaments like that. I like to I like to break them up. You know, I, yeah. I do like redfish specific tournaments, but I'd much rather fish a tournament where I had to catch like three trout, one redfish, or three trout, two redfish. Because that just yeah, uh, there's more strategy you know, to it. I mean, you just, can't just get lucky and get on yeah. one school. Yeah, yep, definitely, definitely. So yeah, angler to year you had some good you had a couple wins involved in that um so it started out as uh in the minimalist challenge was that like one where you all everybody had the same kind of baits or something also too is that kind of that that concept yeah so that um that's the only tournament that has a cap limit on how many entries because they they give everybody a bag of baits normally it's like three or four jig heads um a hard bait a couple plastics 
Um, there's never never a cork in there, so guys who throw piping corks, they're, they're SOL on that there. one. Yes, um, SOL. <laughs> so, but I mean, it's a fun event. I mean, really, the the biggest worry the whole day is like, I better not lose these baits because if you lose them, that's it. Um, so. This it's it's always on a Leeville public launch, so it's normally it's a big get together the night before, and everybody eats and cook out, and then uh, we it's a it's yeah. a chaos. It's like a circus at the launch because there's there's 125 guys trying to launch at three boat launches basically, uh, three boats. Oh yes, yeah. that's always fun when it, when it's a, <laughs> it's a shotgun like that. Yeah, no, no yeah. roadrunner. Yeah, so everybody yeah. gets their baits the, the morning of and ties them on, and then uh, we go out and fish. And uh, I think normally it's like 10 trout and two redfish, um, and then like a, a unicorn flounder. So it, yeah. it's a pretty good bag. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah. Definitely loaded, mean, loaded the fish fish down bag on that one on the way yeah, down the river. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I mean, you can come back with, with 20 fish at, at some, some of the yeah. events. If, if it's a good year, if it's cold, normally it turns into just a strictly redfish tournament. So. But um, this year it was kind of moderate weather. Caught some trout, no no big ones. Um, but I had a, a decent uh, redfish bite. I was sight fishing, um, and I had uh, I had one right under right under twenty seven, and I had one that was just over. So uh, kind of missed out on a few pounds that I could have had if, if that fish would have made it. Um, but I ended up in I think seventh for that that event. So a decent finish. Nothing nothing close to the top, but um, kind of set me up. Uh, for for the start of the year and and that that score was counted into my my AOI total, um, and then the next one was Trout Challenge. Um, I was pretty confident in that. It was supposed to be in Golden Meadow, like Catfish Lake area, uh, which is an area I'm really comfortable with. And I went the week before, and I mean we we caught like two 23s, some 20s, and 18s. So yeah. it was set up to be awesome. That's pretty and good. It, it ended up getting canceled for right when COVID shut everything down. Oh, um, so we had, they they adjusted it to CPR and moved it back, and then um, I think it was it was like a mad scramble over in Leeville. That's where pretty much everybody fished, even though it was a, I think it was a statewide tournament. Um, but I, I did did okay in that one. I think I got eleventh or twelfth, um, just a, a bunch of small, I think sixteen, fifteen inch trout. Um, but uh, the next event was in Saint Bernard, which is a it's. For anybody that doesn't know, it's kind of close, close to the Mississippi River, more on the, the eastern side of, of the coast, uh, of the Louisiana coast. And I got I hardly ever fished there. I was wasn't confident at all. I did um, two scouting trips in that area, fished for like 18 hours, and couldn't catch a bass. I got on really good redfish wow. yeah. and couldn't couldn't catch a bass. Um, and we needed uh, three reds and two bass for that tournament. Yeah. Um, so I talked with, with a couple of guys and kind of got a game plan going and then started out for bass, um, caught two small bass. I mean, they were 13, 15 inches, but I was on top of the world at that point because yeah, yeah, I, yeah I knew going into the, my redfish spot, if I could replicate that, then it, I had pretty much had it in the bag. Um, so I ended up going, going to my redfish spot. It was like a three mile pedal through waves and all that stuff and um i mean i got there and there was just no fish there it was crazy anything i caught was like 22 inches um and i knew that wasn't going to do anything so i mean really just started running water with a chatterbait and um ended up stumbling upon a, a pond of just hammer fish and like broke off on a good one and then ended up catching three three perfect ones out of there so um, i was able to, able to take the win at that one 
which was completely unexpected because I, I, I like rarely fish there. <clears throat> yeah, uh, you just, you just, uh, like, like you said, you're throwing a chatterbait. That's a great search bait when you're yeah. kind of, you know, up, up against the wall and you, you need to cover some water. That's a great yeah. hunt, hunting bait. It'll hunt. That that yeah. dog will hunt. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I mean, it's just a confidence bait. Like I said, I mean, I went to my spot and there yep. was nothing there, so I was like. All right, can't sit here all day and just started running water and ended up stumbled upon a, a good good school of them. Yep. So. Damn. Um, yeah, yeah. And then the next event was uh, Redfish Rumble, uh, which was uh, I think it was about a month ago, um, and that was a, an event we could fish. I think Plaquemines and Terrebonne Parish. I believe, um, so you could fish like Pointishin was a popular area, and then over on the uh, around the river. Um, yeah, and I, I fished Pointish in for that one, and it like that was the tournament where water temp dropped 10 degrees be- the day before, and it was just terrible conditions the day before. And then we went out, and it was sunshine, and we ended up sight fishing all day. So that was a crazy tournament. I mean, myself and Matt Carr, who's another, he lives down in Pointish in, he's an incredible fisherman. Uh, we caught like 30 reds between the two of us, and all of them were, were near perfect. So that was wow. kind of like a, a shootout tournament. I think I, I edged him out by like a quarter of an inch. Um, but uh, it, it was it was one of the probably best best tournaments of the year, red fishing wise. And then the the season wrapped up with the with the championship. Yeah, yeah, we had the championship um, this past weekend. Uh, it was out of Golden Meadow, so it was kind of like my backyard where I first started fishing. Backyard. Um, and so it, it kind of played in my favor and I had, had a really good event trout wise, um, ended up catching like a 20 and an 18 right off the bat and then some other 15, 16s. Um, and then I struggled with the redfish. I could, couldn't break like 23 on those, but I ended up having enough weight to get third in that one and then kind of, kind of finish out the year strong. That's a cool deal, man. You ended up taking a whole shebang, man. It's a, it's a pretty <laughs> yeah. big accomplishment for the year, and then, uh, you know, all them all them older guys probably like, man, little young buck coming here to take, yeah, take our thunder. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been kind of kind of on the edge in the past few years. Like I can always think of back in past tournaments where it was like, oh, if I did this right, I would have would have been in the money, or if I did this right, and this was the kind of year where everything came together and fished clean and and did what I needed to do. Yep. That's uh that's how it is sometimes, man. You just gotta put that hammer down, fish clean. It's just, that's the main thing is getting the fish in the kayak. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I can get them in that net. Don't let them get off. Yeah. I mean, I've had a couple of heart heartbreaking moments. It's just like, oh my gosh, for real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's you. Like a lot of times in a tournament, when I lose lose a big fish, I'll be like, all right, well, I was in the right area to get that bite. So just keep doing what you're doing and don't don't let that affect you. And I mean, just be confident that you you were able to produce that bite. Normally, it, it'll happen again. Yeah, I know. I was with this whole COVID thing this year. I was pretty bummed um, about missing, you know, having the falling tide like uh, mm-hmm. kick back to just more of kind of like a for not be a world's qualifier. Yeah, that's what, yeah. what what I had shot on from the bayou coast mm-hmm. um and talked yeah, about that, that. I, I was i was planning on making the trip for that one definitely yeah. oh we had we had guys no. coming from south carolina and all over the place coming to fish that oh yeah definitely oh, yeah shout out to uh bayou coast kayak fishing club uh good fellas over there run that thing guys know how to cook it up for <laughs> the night, sure. one night before the events and everything 
good old get together and, and all that. So, uh, you know, with that, we're pretty close to wrapping this up. I was, uh, you know, you mentioned something at the beginning of the segment. Um, you got something going on now for yourself. You started your own little business doing some, some, uh, some custom rigging and stuff now, right? Yeah. So I recently started a, a business, uh, Louisiana custom kayaks. Um, and basically I do any kind of rigging or repairs on the boat. So, uh, I can fix Mirage drives. I can work on other uh, rudder lines and stuff like that. And then also do custom builds. So Marine mat, um, lights and, and, uh, fish finders and stuff like that. So really anything that, that needs to be done. And, uh, it kind of works out because I'm at most of the events and that's when people are fishing hard and they end up breaking something. So I, I have parts on hand and can fix stuff right there. So that's kind of my, my niche is rather than being a, a big, uh, brick and mortar stores, I can be mobile and I can go to people's mobile. houses and stuff like that. So it's been fun. And Say I, that name for me one more time. Uh, Louisiana custom kayaks. You got a Facebook page or anything yeah, like that? On uh, yeah. Facebook and Instagram, Instagram. Uh, and, and TikTok if you want to right. follow me on there. Uh, TikTok. <laughs> bust out some dance moves, man. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, everybody, there you go right there. You're in that area, general vicinity. Uh, got some listeners over there. Uh, you know, you need any custom work, uh, you know, through the whole mounts for your fish finder, kind of wires run, repairs to that. Drives or anything. Hit my yep. man Brock up, man. Pretty, good, pretty good much deal. anything. Good deal. So, as far as that goes, what what do you see in the future? What's uh, what's in the future? What's in store for you coming up this year? You got some plans? You're already looking at your schedule? Yeah, I mean, I, I was kind of posting up their their tournament schedules and figuring out dates and stuff. Um, I definitely want to do a little bit more of the bass stuff. Um, got a, I'm thinking about doing the Sam Rayburn BOS. Um, so, I mean, that, that's a fun event. I fished, there. <laughs> yeah, I fished fork, uh, this earlier this year and it was just terrible weather. I mean, freezing cold and I caught like five fish in, in three days, but it was fun and it's, it's a new challenge and just something different. Um, but I plan on fishing on the Bayou Coast events again, series as well. Um, see, see if I can go back to back. I know there's a couple of guys, Brendan Bayard and Steve Lassar, they they came up to me after the awards and they were like, all right, well, I've got two and he's got five. So you got some catching up to do. So that's, <laughs> that's definitely a goal, goal of mine is to, to be up there with, with those guys. And I mean, they're, they're pioneers of the sport. So that's definitely something yeah. I want to, want to pursue. Yeah, definitely. That'll be cool. And as far as, far as kayak, as, as far as kayaking in general, fishing wise, uh, the growth have y'all seen it like explode over there also in your area oh no doubt um i mean i I think the ease of access just is is perfect for louisiana we got water everywhere i mean people who normally they'd fish off the bank they can get a 200 dollar kayak and fish wherever they want down here so i I think it's blown up and i mean I, i think five years ago there's no way i could have business to to be able to to work on boats on a consistent basis and kind of network with other guys but now it's it's like i've got five people texting me a day about what they want done so it's, it's definitely blown up over here well, that, that's what's cool about kayak fishing though is it's, it's like the camaraderie and we're just mm-hmm. one big old freaking group man big yeah. basically once you meet somebody one time and you hung out and you're like just from being in Gold Shores for that that KBF Redfish Championships was now yeah which will be changed to KSS and we we're gonna talk about that too <laughs> coming up yeah. on a few more episodes um but yeah we got a uh, you 
know, I met a bunch of guys over there, you know, and now we like texting back and forth and stuff, you know, set, trying to set up a trip to go over there and fish, fish some water over there in Florida already, you know. It's yeah, like, I, yeah. I know guys, yeah, I know I guys know. in Texas, Florida, Mississippi, Alabama now, and I mean, ne- never would have met those guys if it hadn't been for kayak fishing. Yeah, that's how it is. That's how it's always been even in uh uh competing uh surfing and skateboarding and it was just the same way it's yeah. the same way over there it was all the same you know all all the bros i still got all my friends from all that too and then i'm adding a bunch of friends kayak fishing so it's just it's, yeah. it's been it's been a good old time man so just coming into this and seeing how much has grown, grown yeah. over the last you know two three years has been insane um i don't see it going anywhere i see all the events that, that we're having and the growth and uh you know it's really cool to see that you know and be involved yeah. be involved no in some of stuff no better so I, I hope to see you at some of these bayou coast events next year myself even if i don't make a couple of the trail the the club events itself um i'm definitely going to try to make you know some of the you know the, the falling tide event the slam event or whatever yeah hell yeah. i might I, even just become a member and come, come <laughs> over there and fish a couple of them myself come on i mean yeah <laughs> I mean, and falling tide are the two big ones they the normally have 100, yeah. 100 to 150 people and it's a yeah. big big get together and i mean normally the first place is like five grand between a boat and, and cash so there's it's, it's definitely a big a couple of big events that are worth coming over for it's good good so i just all i gotta do is just get you and and kayla to, to share some honey holes with me and i'll be right there in the money <laughs> I, i've got a couple of couple of b and c spots that i can slide to you <laughs> Oh yeah. Hey, I can make a B and C spot work. That's it. I mean, hey, B and C in Louisiana can be pretty good. I can make that work. I can make that work. Come on. Oh, yeah. Man, well dude, I enjoyed having you on here, man. I definitely did. It was a, it was a pleasure, man. And big props on that AOI win, man. Um big props. Uh you got anybody you want to thank? Um, shout out sponsors, anything that supports you throughout the season, you know that it's yours right now. Go ahead and yeah, give them that. For sure. Um, definitely Hobie and, and Pack and Paddle. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Hobie. I've been, yeah, there you go. Been there for a while. I got their hat on. Um, been with Hobie for, for a couple of years and just recently got on with Pack and Paddle and they've been nothing but supportive of me. And like, I, I couldn't have had the year that I did without them. Um, they've got huge selection of parts and, and accessories over in Lafayette as well as boats and they keep, keep my boats on the water and, keep all the parts that i need um also got a great selection of fishing gear and st crow rise like i was talking about earlier um so awesome shop over there very knowledgeable um just recently got on with with bill lewis uh with rattle trap and like i was talking about their big rattle traps that i throw for bull reds and um they've been super supportive of me and especially with our big bull red tournaments that's I, i always have one tied on um for fishing deep water and I've worked with Wes Higgins over there and then kind of dialed in their, their stuff. So they've been a huge supporter for me. Um, and then a couple, couple other ones, Olakai and, and Finns Fishing and then Twitch Fishing, which is a new company out of Lafayette. Um, they make little uh, clips that uh, they're like speed clips, kind of like the Tiger oh, yeah. Angler's clips. I might have um, checked it, them out. I, I yeah. got a guy that makes some over here too. I'm definitely going to, have to look into that. Said Twitch fishing. Okay. Yeah, Twitch fishing. Super simple. They're on they're on Instagram and Facebook, and uh, great prices. You can buy them in bulk, and I mean, you can buy a hundred pack of those and be set for life. So, definitely good stuff. Cool deal. Well, sweet man, that's a good deal, brother. Yeah, we're just wrapping up the show here. I wanted to throw out a couple thanks myself. Um, you know, got some uh, some announcements. 
Summits. Uh, we just had uh, Waterloo Rods just came on as an official show sponsor. Uh, that's one of my rod sponsors too. So I want to thank Jimmy of Waterloo for coming on. And then we just just had I got a hat on right now. Said Mikael from uh, Truchador and Costa, another Texas company, came on board as going to sponsor the podcast. So I'm stoked to have support from them too, and also be on the lookout for the Chasing the Tide Winter Kayak Trout Showdown. Um, I just posted the event on Facebook this week. Uh, it will go live on Fishing Chaos um, before the comes out. <laughs> but hey, look for that on the Fishing Chaos app. Um, it's going to be a 10 trout, um, no slot size CPR trout tournament the month of February. Um, all the details will be on Facebook. It'll be on the uh, Chasing the Tide podcast page as well as the Pal and Finn page. So once again, thanks everybody for tuning in. Brock, thanks for thanks for coming on with me, man. I appreciate having you, and uh, we'll see everybody next time. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle and Finn. Don't forget to go check out our website at paddle, the letter N, and fin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Finn on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler Button, and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures located in Northern Illinois for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. TRC Covers, protect your investment. Catch Products, shout out to Catch Products. Go to catchproducts.com and put the Paddle in Fin logo directly on your catch board. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com, use promo code PNF20 and save 20% on all your jig and tackle needs. You want to succeed, you want to fish, you want to be one of the greatest. Tune in to West Marine's Life on the Water, presented by Costa Custom Boats, every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. You'd think, with four of us spread out on a tiny island, that the task of tagging a whitetail would not be a big thing. But, as I've learned, no matter where I've been, whitetails can be damn tricky. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.